We're going to get started. The book of Isaiah 40, verse 9. If you didn't bring your Bible, it's going to be on the screen as well. It says this. Listen up. It says, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends the flock like a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. So tonight I just want to share with you a little bit tonight. Tonight we're talking about being comfortably uncomfortable. Everybody say that. Comfortably uncomfortable. That was weak. Everybody say comfortably uncomfortable. I wonder tonight if there's anybody here that's kind of like me, that when you're excited about something, like when you get passionate about something, you have a hard time keeping your mouth shut. Is there anybody like that? I could see you being like that. Is there anybody else? (laughs) No, it's not a bad thing. Like you're excited about something and you, you have a hard time like keeping your mouth shut about what you're excited about. Um, have you ever guys noticed, like, we, we talk about things, listen, we talk about things that we're passionate about. We tend to talk about things that we're passionate about. You're a One Direction fan. You talk about One Direction. (laughs) You're a 21 Pilots fan. You talk about 21 Pilots. You are a comic book fan. You talk about comic books and you get like over 160,000 followers on Instagram, whatever, whatever. So when you get passionate about something, you have a hard time keeping a mouth shut. You're excited about it. You want to talk about it. You want to post about it. You want to tweet about it. You want to Facebook and twist, twister, twistergram, Instagram, into twister, um, Twitter. That's it about it. Uh, um, But we talk about things that we are passionate about, that we're excited about. For instance, Johnny North talks about the Patriots. If you know Johnny, you know he's passionate about the Tom Brady and Gronkowski and the Patriots. You you know what I'm saying? Like if you know someone and they're passionate about something, that's what they talk about a lot. That's what's going on in their lives. um, You guys know Kristen. She's kind of like that. She's kind of like that. Um, she gets really excited. Like, I, I remember um, her family kind of tells, she tells this story of it was around Christmas time. And they had gotten her dad some gloves for Christmas. And she was so excited. Like, she was talking to her dad. Like, the whole family was there. And she was like, I bet you can't get, guess what we got you for Christmas? Gloves. And, you know, like, she's so excited. You just can't help but talk about it. And, like, you're the kind of person that you just can't hide good news. You can't hide good news. And the sad thing is, is in church that we that we, we have these, um, we have to do these sermons and we have to do these messages and we have to preach these things about pushing and just prodding people to share their faith. But the reality of it is, is that you don't need a sermon to share your faith. You just need to get passionate about Jesus. And if you're passionate about Jesus, you can't help but be like, oh my goodness, I am so excited and I just can't wait to share it. 
I'm excited for what God's doing in my life. I'm excited for what God's doing in your life. When I see you guys, like I, I will, I'll search the tweets now and then and the, the stuff people post online. And I see you guys like post a scripture or post how much you love Emerge or what God's doing in your life. I'm like, yeah, like I get excited about that because I'm excited that you guys are excited for God. And, and I love that. And I want to share it and I want to tweet it and retweet it and be like, preach it, brother. You know what I'm talking about. And, and, but unfortunately, there are so many Christians, followers of Jesus, that we keep our, our faith confidential. We keep it hidden. We keep it confidential. And your faith, it's not to be confidential. Your faith is meant to be shared. In Isaiah 40, these, these men were being told to go and share the good news. And as a believer of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus Christ, your role and your responsibility is to share the good news. It's to share the good news. I, Isaiah, uh, I, the book of Isaiah was written 740 years before Jesus even arrived on this earth. 740 years years and 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 before he was even born and when 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 he started his ministry when he when he died and when he resurrected to now it's always been about the good news it's always been about jesus look at what isaiah says about uh this news verse nine it says you who bring good news to zion go up on a high mountain i love that idea Go up on a high mountain. Uh, what's he saying there? He, he's saying this. He said, I wanna, want you to take the message to the highest point. This message needs to be seen and this message needs to be heard. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, lift up your voice with a shout. Meaning, don't just get your message to the highest place, but be loud about it. Be sold out about it. Be excited about it. Now, now, there are a lot of things in life that don't need to be shouted from the mountaintops. There's a lot of things, um, but there's one thing that does, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And tonight, gospel, when I talk about the gospel, the gospel simply means what? Anybody know? Good news. When I talk about the gospel, that means the good news, and it needs to be declared, it needs to be shouted, it needs to be talked about. Get on a mountain and shout it to everyone. See, today's mountains are a little bit different than in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, people would stand up, get on a high place. Hey, everybody, listen to this. Today's mountains are a little bit different. Our, our, our mountains that we need to climb up and shout things from are a little bit different. Maybe uh, your mountain is most likely your social media. For a lot of you guys, that's, that could be your mountain. That could be your place where you shout it out. And, but what you post on your social media is what you're shouting from the mountaintop. I absolutely love seeing, seeing posts from students. Like I said a minute ago, like, this is what God's doing in my life. This is a verse that spoke to me. This is, I, I love Emerge, or I love my family made of friends, or I, this is what's happening. I, I love to see that stuff. And, and not so I can say, look how good Emerge is. But I can look at it and say, look how good God is. Look what God's doing in your life. That's exciting to me. Get up on that mountaintop and shout it out. This is good news. And this is living. So we ask ourselves, okay, God, 
if God is, is telling me, like the men of, of Isaiah, to get up and to share the good news, what's the gospel? And like I said a minute ago, the gospel is just simply put the good news. Gospel equals good news. That's what it is. And God came to this earth and he got uncomfortable for us so we could be comforted by him. Jesus came to the earth in an uncomfortable way. And not only that, Jesus goes to a cross and he dies a brutal, brutal, uncomfortable death so that we can live comforted by him in eternity. Now, here's what you need to understand. God came and got comfortable for us. But listen to this. I want you to catch this part. I want you to know this. But once God comes and comforts you, he asks that you go and get comfortable for him. I'm sorry, get uncomfortable for him. Once God comes and comforts you, he asks that you go and get uncomfortable for him. So if I've been comforted by God, if he's coming in my life and he's changed my life and I'm a new person, I've been comforted by him, I receive that comfort. My reasonable response is to get uncomfortable for him. If you remember at one time, Jesus says, he says this, I am the light of the world. But then after he dies and after he resurrects and comes back, he looks at you and me and he says, you are the light of the world. You are the city on a hill. Don't let your light be hidden. I grew up in church and a lot of you guys probably did too. And you remember that song when you were a kid, this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it. Come on, help me out. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it. Oh, come on. Use your voice. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. That's that's my favorite part of the song. I like that part. Uh, Hide it under a bushel. No! Like you would yell that part. No! Yeah. I loved that part. And Jesus was saying, he's simply saying this. Listen, he's simply saying, I am the light. But now that you have received the light, you're the light. If you read Matthew 10, and I don't think he was talking about comfort in this. And he said, you and me are like sheep among wolves. Hold up, Jesus. Um, Wolves eat sheep, right? Like, isn't that what happens? Like, he's like, we're like sheep among wolves. And and what he's saying, he's saying, I want you to get uncomfortable, to be uncomfortable. Uh, What about Matthew 28? He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's saying this. He's saying, go and get uncomfortable for me. See, once you hear the God, once you hear and once you accept the gospel, your responsibility is to go and share the gospel. Once you hear it, once you accept it, your responsibility is to go and share it. I think a lot of times we're more caught up in getting and not ever giving. Because like you think about, think about like Christmas time. Like, man, I love to get presents. Give me presents. Give me stuff. I, a question I ask a lot at Christmas time to to, stu- to a lot of people, I like, what did you give for Christmas? I, gift card. <laughs> I hate gift cards. 
But if you want to give me some, I'll take them. Um, but like a lot of times we get our order mixed up. It's just as much about giving as it is getting. You come to church, you pray, you, you read, you worship in order to be filled up so that the God on the inside of you can, you, can be spilled out onto others. Kind of like a sponge. If we had a sponge and like I just soaked it up in water, like it would just absorb and absorb and soak up all the water. And then it could just sit there with water in it. But unless you squeeze it, unless you do something with it, you can't spill out onto others and onto other things. <clears throat> you don't just do this. We don't just do church and, and pray and read our Bible and worship and get to know him for ourselves just to be filled up all the time. I want to encourage you guys to fill up for others so you can spill out onto others. Get uncomfortable for others. You're God's plan to tell your friends about Jesus. You are God's plan. Sometimes we're just like, uh, Lord, I got my friends here, and uh, is someone else coming? No, no, it's just you. Oh, that's that's uncomfortable. Uh, Lord, how 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 are we going to save Blue Springs High School? You, oh God. Lord, how how are we going to save uh, Independence Truman High School? That that's you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, Lord, help me. Uh, like, it, it, it is. It's uncomfortable. It's not easy. God, how are we going to save Grand Valley? Mm, that's you. Oh, oh, what do I even do? How's my family going to meet Jesus through you? You are his way to share people with him. And that's how that's who that's 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 why who you are, who you are. That's why he says in this verse to get up on a mountaintop and to lift up your voice. Hey, good news everybody. I've got something to tell you. Let me tell you about what's going on. Let me tell you about what God did in my life. See, there's so many people who get filled up and they come to church and they just get filled up and they get the word and they get the worship and the message and the prayer and all that kind of stuff. But we never spill out onto others. We become we become actually spiritually obese. And, and, and if you eat and you never work out, it's not going to be good. Especially the older that you get. Yeah, I know. Food's good. I know this. But the older that you get, like, the less you can eat. Like, I'm, like, eating greens. And, like, it's just bad. Like, I can't eat like I used to eat. And, and, and so, but part of your maturity in Christ is when you start to realize, listen, part of your maturity in Christ is when you start to realize that you don't go to church for you, but rather you show up to serve people. To welcome people, to bless people. One thing we talked about is that save people, serve people. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 11.25, it says, When you refresh others, you too will be refreshed. That, that's kind of a powerful thought. I love Proverbs. If you're following with our 20-day um, Bible study, every day we, we have a, a bit of Proverbs in there. And because there's so much good that you can pull out of Proverbs. But this is a powerful thought. The world would like to tell you the opposite. The world says that when you get uncomfortable for someone, that you're going to be less of a person. 
that you're not good enough that, and, and that will hurt you. But the Bible says that when you go and you refresh and you're uncomfortable for someone and you bless someone and you take care of someone, you comfort someone else, that God will comfort you. So once we believe and, and, and are, com- are comforted by God, we need to go and get uncomfortable for God. Question of the day, of the night. I want you to ask yourself, can you live your life comfortably uncomfortable? Can you live your life comfortably uncomfortable? Make your prayer something like this. Say, God, make me, make me comfortable with getting uncomfortable for others. God, that's my prayer. I want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable for others. If you want to be like Christ, you have to be willing to do what Christ did. And Christ was always willing to get uncomfortable so that others could be comforted. So I was thinking, why is it that that more of us followers of Jesus aren't willing to go and get uncomfortable for Jesus? Like we don't share Jesus, we don't talk about Jesus, we don't serve Jesus, we don't serve others. Like, what are some basic roadblocks that we run into? And tonight, I only got three for you guys. And, and actually, there's probably a whole lot more. And some of you guys deal with different, thing, different things differently. But tonight, I've got three things that I want to share with you uh, about basically roadblocks of why we don't share Jesus. And I think if a lot of us get uncomfortable for Jesus because we're afraid. The first thing is that we're afraid. So many people live their life in their comfort zone. Uh, I love that movie. Um, um, gosh, what is it? It's got Will Smith in it and the guy from uh, uh, the wrestling movie. I can't even think. Uh, Hitch, that one. And he's like, he's dancing. And he's like, you stay right here. You stay in this this, go, this zone and you don't go past. And like, then all of a sudden he does stuff and he's like, no, no, no. You stay right here. And like, I don't know. That and you, so many people, so many of us, we want to stay in our little comfortable zone. And as soon as you do something outside of your comfort zone, you get uncomfortable. And it's scary. And fear holds a lot of people back. Let me tell you this. Fear hasn't gotten anyone anywhere. You never get anywhere with fear. You have to get past your fear. The reason some of us never step out and talk about Jesus or even even bring someone to church is because we're simply afraid. We're afraid. What's going to happen? What will they think of me? Will I say the right thing? I'm kind of afraid to do it. Anytime you need to know this, anytime you step out in faith, the Bible is pretty clear that you don't even that when when you don't have the words to say that God will give you the words. God has never given me the words. Well, maybe you've never stepped out in faith. We want to be like, God, give me the words to say and then I'll step out. No. Step out. And then he'll give you the words. Dang. I hate that order. Right? Because it's uncomfortable. Because we want to be like, give me, give me all the information. Give me everything I need to do. Step by step by step. And then I'll go do it. And God's like, no, no, no. You just step. You just go. And I'll give you every piece of the puzzle as you go. You're like, ah, I hate that. You need to remind yourself, and there's a saying, it's been around forever, that God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call. 
And so time and time again, I've been in places where, where I've been so uncomfortable in stepping out into talking to other people about Jesus, into sharing my faith. It's so uncomfortable that I, I start praying on the inside. And I'm like, God, just give me the words. Give me the words. God, I'm struggling here. I, I, give me the words. And then, and then I step out and things start to flow. Things start, the, word, the right words, the right things start to flow out of my mouth that God has given me. <clears throat> when I didn't have the words to say, God gave me the words. But you have to step out first. You have to step out first. You have to take action. Look at this. It's in Isaiah 40. It says, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Watch this. And then it says, don't be what? Don't be afraid. God wants you to realize that as you step out, you've got nothing to be afraid of. I'm with you. Don't you know I'm with you every step of the way? But you got to step out. Don't be afraid. And there's, there's only one way to conquer fear, and that's to face it. That's to face your fear. That's the only way to conquer your fear is to face your fear. So tonight, Debbie, we brought a whole box full of snakes. I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. But here's what happens. Some people run. I wouldn't. She's like packing her bags. Some people run from fear. Listen, some people run from their fear. And then, but some people, they carry their fear. Listen, some people, they carry their fear on the inside. But then there are people who decide that they can't run from it anymore, that they've got to face it. And then when you face it, God gives you the grace to walk through it. He gives you the words to say. He gives you the steps to take. God knows it's going to be uncomfortable. And he's saying to you, he's saying, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. But you got to step out. We've got good news and we can't be afraid to share it. And I'm going to live my life comfortably uncomfortable. I love, um, Jessica, did you get this? Okay, I love our, our friend, uh, Terry Parkman. He tweeted this today. He said, it said this. Whoa, that's weird. He says, if you can be anything, be fearless. I love that. If you can be anything, be fearless. Be fearless. Like the word says, don't be afraid. The second thing I want you to write down. That reason we may not get uncomfortable with Jesus is because we are ashamed. Because we're ashamed. Shame is something that none of us are meant to carry. Shame come, comes from all different forms and all different kind of ways into our lives. And we want to speak. We want to speak up and we want to talk about it and we want to share it and we want to give the good news. But we're really, really worried about what they're going to think about us. We're really ashamed. Or you don't feel like you want to, I, I don't want to impose my beliefs on anybody else. Or you don't want someone to think that you're one of those weird, creepy Christians. So it's just easier to be silent. Ultimately, your silence is a reflection of your shame. Um, other Others of us, maybe we did something in our past and, and still 
somehow you come here every single week and God fills you with his grace and his forgiveness and his mercy, but somehow you continue to disqualify yourself as being a messenger for him. Know this, it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. Jesus died for us so we won't have to live in guilt and in shame. You aren't supposed to live in shame. You're not supposed to be afraid. Get this, if, if there, aren't, there aren't many people <clears throat> who can model radical Christianity and normalcy at the same time. Maybe, maybe our new motto here at Emerge should be, we are normal but radical Christians. We're normal, but radical Christians. We don't live in in a Christian bubble. Let's kind of be real here for a minute. We we live in Kansas City, the greatest city on earth. Home of the Royals and the Chiefs and Sporting KC (laughs) and NASCAR. (laughs) Here's the deal. But let's be real for a minute. We live in Kansas City. But a lot of times we live here, like right here in our little bubble. We live here and this is where we live. But God has given us the grace to live here, to live with arms open wide, to live everywhere, to share his love everywhere, not just to be focused right here. This is my group, people. This is my move. And I'm not getting out of this. But he's given us the grace. I'm not going to like bust out and dance or anything. But. He's given us the grace to live out here, not here. We need, we need some normal believers. I understand that, that <clears throat> someone will say, hey, you know what? I understand where you're at, man. I understand what you're doing. I've, I've dealt with that too. But God's grace and God's forgiveness has given the ability to be radically unashamed, unafraid, unapologetic, I know who I am in Jesus. Listen, let's be a group of students who don't live ashamed, but we rise up and we're bold. When we do that, this is living. That's living. The only way it changes is if people in this room step up and say, I'm not okay with that anymore. I'm not okay with that anymore. This is who God says I am. And I'm not called to be just like everyone else. We've got the good news. I love what Paul says. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God for salvation in all of us. And the Bible says that we will overcome uh, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We're overcomers by the word of our testimony. Open up your mouth. Shout it from the mountaintops. You don't need a a seminary degree or or to be a licensed minister to preach, to share your story. Have you met Jesus? Have you experienced Jesus? Then you have a testimony. You've got a testimony. I've met so many students who, who feel like that they don't have a good testimony because they're a virgin or they never did drunks, drunks. Never did drugs or never drank, got drunk, did, drank alcohol. Are you crazy? Are you psycho in the head? The Bible says that sin made you dead. Listen, the Bible says that sin made you dead. 
Here's the deal. Sin didn't make you bad. It's worse than that. Sin made you dead. We all started out in the same place. Dead. But you know what? I found Jesus. And I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I'm not who I used to be anymore. That's not who I was. I'm saved. Guys, a lot of us, like, we're like, I don't have a testimony to share. I never did drugs. I'm still a virgin. That, that's a great testimony. That testimony is better than any other testimony. I, I never, I, ne- I didn't, I didn't have sex before I got married. I, I didn't, I haven't done drugs. I haven't drank alcohol. I haven't done all of these things. Man, what a testimony that is when the rest of everyone else in this world is doing those things. You are different. You're being strong and you're not giving in to those temptations. That's a huge testimony. Be proud of that. That's awesome. We all started out in the same place. We all started out dead. I found Jesus. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I'm not who I was anymore. Does anyone here tonight have a testimony? Did God do something in your life? When you testify, the Bible says that you will overcome. Listen to this. Uh, A man with an argument is always at the mercy of a man with experience. A man with an argument is always at the mercy of a man with experience. Meaning this, anyone, anyone can argue the Bible with you. Where did the dinosaurs come from? Explain that one. You're stupid. Anyone can argue the Bible with you. Or anyone can argue what you believe, but they can never argue what you've experienced. They can never argue what you've experienced. That's something to testify about. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Ashamed of you, you serve a powerful God. The last thing is this. Um, I, I, a lot of us are, the third thing is this, apathetic. Apathy is defined as passion missing or passion removed. Apathy leads to lazy. I think sometimes the reason we don't get uncomfortable for others is because we're apathetic. We can't be a, a church that allows apathy to take us over. The only, way, the only way to overcome it is not only to reflect often on what Jesus did for you, but we have to be intentional on saying, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that way. I don't care how bad my day was. I'm going to praise him anyways. And your breakthrough will come.